Dear Global Citizens, Welcome to the second episode of Sustainable Saturdays. This Saturday, we focus on SDG 13, Climate Change. Our featured guest today is Hajar Zurma, who is a Saudi graduate student at Stanford University. We will discuss climate change situation, peri and post-pandemic. Uh, Hajar Zurma. Hajal is currently a master's student at Stanford University, specifically focusing on um, civil and environmental engineering. And she's currently a MISC fellow as well. Uh, prior joining uh, Stanford University, uh, Hajar actually studied her undergrad in Emory University, and she majored in biology and economics. Uh, Hajar is very interested in doing a lot of research, and, and one example of the research that she did is with uh, Kaust University. Um, and then uh, what she did there is she worked on uh, 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 kind of a research focused on uh, climate change. Uh, Hajar believes that in the future she wants to focus on creating creative and innovative solutions to solve renewable energy and uh, uh, climate change. Now, when it comes to, yeah, away from her, um, I would say professional and academic life, uh, Hajar uh, seems to be very passionate about uh, art, creativity and uh, innovation. Hajar, we're so honored to have you in our podcast today. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much. The pleasure is all mine. I'm super excited to be here. Great. Now I'm going to hand it over to my uh, uh, friend, Dad, who will ask you the first round of questions. Well, great. Coming right up is our question. Uh, given your background on climate change and on energy, what are your thoughts on the SDGs and how important are they for sustainability? Um, well, I think the SDGs are super incredible. I mean, they were an incredible effort by like the UN member states to finally come together and work towards a goal, right? Um, I think it was super important for not only just cross-border conversations, but just for different nations to come together and really articulate what goals they want to work towards. Um, I mean, I think it's one thing to hope and wish and dream that the world becomes a better place, um, that the world becomes a safe and secure future for everyone that's living on it. But it's a whole other thing to kind of sit down and articulate what the what we want the future to look like to to put into words, you know, what the shortcomings are and what goals you want to work towards. Um, I think they're super important, especially in the context of sustainability, um, simply because you want things to grow at a manageable scale. Um, you want to give back to the earth as much as you are taking, and along the way, you want to make sure that everyone kind of has equal access. Uh, to everything on this great planet. And so I think the SDGs do a very good job of um, summarizing what those goals are and articulating how best we can move towards them. Great. Okay, so from an environmentalist point of view, uh, well, just from my readings and my researches, I kind of noticed that during this pandemic, there seems to be a lot of positive let's say, things going on in environmentalist world towards climate change. I've heard about the largest ozone layer that's closed up. So can you speak to me about how this pandemic affected climate change views? Absolutely. Um, I think that one of the silver linings to how horrible this 
pandemic has been or not how horrible just how I mean greatly impactful it's been is that I mean it has it has had a great effect on climate change so what we've seen is basically the biggest carbon dioxide drop in history um, not a single war or recession or any other um, event has really decreased carbon dioxide levels to such a great extent We've seen a 30% drop on average um, in pollutants. In places like Paris, they've seen up to a 70% drop in carbon dioxide emissions. Um, I'm sure people have seen kind of these viral videos of, you know, Venice Canal being the clearest it's been um, in years or um, animals in places where, you know, they used to be hundreds of years ago, but they're now returning. And I think that's because kind of the earth is kind of resting as we stay indoors, we're, we're traveling less no one is using their cars, no one is flying. I think all of that has had such a great um, impact on pollution levels, on where the environment is. Um, and so I, I think in those regards, uh, it's had somewhat of a positive impact uh, on climate change. Now, that being said, is it great enough to kind of undo what we've been doing for the last 50 years in terms of viewing out all this carbon dioxide and pollutants in the environment, not at all, but I think it's at least something that the earth is healing at least to some extent. Well, that's great. You mentioned how there we have witnessed clear water, we've, no, we've witnessed fresh air, and we've also seen that across Europe and across Asia. So what's your advice? What's your point on how we can sustain this positive impact that has come as a result of the isolation? So in, in our future of post-pandemic free, what are your advices to sustain the positive impacts that we're witnessing at the moment? I think one of the biggest things that could come out of this after we've lived in so much isolation and one of the biggest things that can come out of this and have a positive impact, impact on our environment is maybe a shift in the way we think. So asking ourselves, was it really necessary to make as many travels as we've been. Like maybe we don't need to go on so many conferences around the world and expand our carbon footprint in that way. Or maybe we don't need to work in an office five days a week so that we're constantly, you know, using our cars and emitting uh, carbon dioxide into the earth. Um, we've seen ex like a huge drop um, in electricity usage. So maybe if we kind of shift our mentality towards, um, how we can how, how we can live with a little less. Um, I think we might come out of this and really uh, have some positive contribution to the environment. And I think another thing is that being in isolation really gives you time to reflect. So one of the biggest things that came out of the 2008 recession was kind of the shift towards more efficient electricity, just because you know people really sat down and thought about what we wanted, what we want to come out of the end of that. And I think there's a similar situation here where you have time to reflect, you know, policymakers, everyone really has time to sit down and really think about what do we want the world to look like when this is all over? Um, we've been super resilient. You know, I, if you ask me four or five weeks ago, if I can stay home all five weekends and not go out to eat or, you know, not do all these things, I think I would have been like, that's crazy. But um, I think you can challenge yourself to kind of make these little sacrifices uh, so that you're just more conscious of what you're contributing and what you're more conscious of your impact um, on the environment. 
That is true. That is completely true. I mean, we've even witnessed it here in Saudi. We saw how King Salman was able to bring together the G20 leaders in a video conference to discuss urgent global responses. And this shows that, I mean, if the king can do it, if leaders of the world can do it, then we can. And we have the technology. I mean, humanity is great that we've produced such technology that helps us sustain these kind of means. So now I'll move Absolutely. on to my, I'll move on to my colleague Khulud. Well, she'll have a bit of questions. Uh, great. Uh, before I jump to my my questions, I uh, there is one thought that I I was thinking about it, يعني, for the past I don't know how many days, but what if uh, e-learning uh, became super effective? Do we need to um, have university universities like physical universities or not? I mean, we would be saving a lot of money if we did that. So what are your thoughts that on is that? True. Uh, had, uh... Absolutely. I, I 100% agree with you. I think not only is is this proving that it can be done, you have to think, you know, when when times are, when it's crunch time like this, when it's like, you know, when it's, when it, when it's something that comes out of necessity, think about how much innovation will come out of this. I mean, companies are going to want to, make platforms like Zoom or e-learning or all this, they want to make it better. The technology is only going to get better because there's going to be an, there's now an increased need for it. So I think one, it's proving to us that it can happen, but two, it's also putting all these minds to great work. Like, you know, yalla, we need this technology. So I, I think you're right. I think there, there will be kind of this mentality shift and people will be like, maybe we don't need to have meetings in person maybe we don't need to go to school you know on campus and think about how how much more accessible education will be if we focus on you know e-learning like you don't have to travel all the way to the U.S. to get this amazing education you can really have it you know and that'll just give more access to more people so I think you're absolutely right amazing uh I I have a question uh يعني, regarding the SDGs, you seem to be um, a supporter and an advocate for the SDGs. So I want to hear more about your daily routine. So today, how is Hajjah incorporating SDGs in her uh, daily routine? Um, absolutely. Um, I think, I mean, this is going to sound super, you know, corny, but I think <laughs> the biggest thing about being, I think, I think at the base of it, right? What the SDGs are really about is, you know, how you can make this world a better place, you know, how you can really have a positive impact. Because, I mean, there's so many goals and they're all across, but they all have this common theme of making, wanting to make the world a better place. So I think for me, when I wake up, I start my day, um, I start with prayer and then I start with like uh, meditation. And I think about like, okay, what, how, how can I be intentional with my day? How can I really you know, what kind of impact do I want to have overall? And then bring it down to granularity. How can I, how can I do that today? Um, and I think one of the biggest things you can do, and one of the things that I try to do is to really educate myself and, you know, be aware, you know, what resources can use. There's so many great podcasts, you know, after you, you set that intention and you really think about, okay, I want to want to educate myself. Then you go out and you use these resources and like you educate yourself about what's going on in the world. And then you, really just think about how, what small things that you can do to, um, to really like make that positive effect. Am I going to go to the grocery store and use a reusable tote bag? Um, I think one of my biggest routine things is shifting to um, like reducing my carbon footprint by like taking walks or 
things like that. So if it wasn't COVID-19, I actually told myself I, I don't want to own a car or at least like until I'm at least 30 or like 35. And if I do ever purchase the car, it'd be a, a, an electric car. So I can, you know, eliminate that carbon footprint. So it's really just, I think the routine changes every day, but I think with every, with whatever shape it takes, I think having that intentionality there um, and doing little small things is, is really how I want or wish to contribute to the SDGs. Uh, amazing. Uh, this is yeah, a very inspiring uh, head up. Um, so I have one last question for you, Yanni, from my end. Um, if you were to give one message um, to us and uh, for the youth in general, Yanni, or to the youth in general, what would you say? Um, I think I, I think one thing I would say is that it doesn't always have to be the hardest, most complicated thing that you do that has a positive impact. I think what it's really about is the small little things, right? Like, um, how can you contribute to your community? Because that's how you're going to have these positive impacts or how you're going to meet those goals. How are you going to make small, small decisions that have a great impact? So for example, one of my teachers actually told me um, something. She was telling us that if you want to really decrease your carbon footprint, for example, you know, when you order something online um, and you order express delivery, it's, it, it creates the most inefficient route for that package to get to you, right? So when I go on Amazon and I say I want something to be delivered tomorrow, that package is going to take the most inefficient flight, the most inefficient route. But if you, you know, have a little patience and extend it and say, well, I don't mind waiting a week to get my package, then more efficient routes can be played out. It's like little things that you can do to say, okay, I'm reducing my carbon footprint in this way. I'm using these reusable items. I'm walking instead of taking my car. I'm doing these little things. So I think if I can leave people with a bit of advice is like one, to think about the small things, but also to just be intentional and like educate yourself about what's going on because it, it's, 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 um, it's really a lot simpler than people would imagine to make like a difference like that. Great. I I absolutely agree with you. It's all about the little things that you can add um, into your daily routine that will make, inshallah, the difference. Now we'll hand it over back to Dad. Well, one thing for sure is no more express delivery for me. So (laughs) thank you for that, Hajat. So just from the top of your head, or I can actually pretty much guess, what's your favorite SDG? Um. I think you can, you might expect me to say that my favorite SDG is climate action, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's actually not. I, I honestly think that there's a, a very good reason why um, ending poverty and then uh, ensuring that there's no hunger are the top two, um, because I think it's just so important that people's basic, basic needs are met. I think we can't really move forward unless we're all moving forward. And I think we can't really think about giving back to this planet if so many people aren't able to enjoy it or enjoy the the fruits of it you know at a basic level so I think those are will always be my favorite because I think a lot of times you you forget that these things exist just because they're not happening in your own backyard um so that'll definitely be my favorite and a close second is gender equality you know like as a woman I think and you probably you know understand this is such a core part of your being and identity and 
Definitely. women, I mean, I'm sure you know this, but I feel like women are just so resilient, so intelligent, and so wholly, you know, beautiful that I really, really hope that every woman knows that she is capable of doing whatever she puts her mind to. So that's definitely a close, close, close or second, if not tied. And, I, and I'm sure you ladies can 100% relate. Definitely, definitely. Words of wisdom, honestly. Okay, so our last and favorite question is, how many SDGs can you name and number? Okay, um, <laughs> let's see, out of the 17, uh, let's see. Um, we can do no poverty, no hunger, gender equality, education, clean water, uh, climate action, um, climate action, and then there's two land, there's one land one, there's also the industrial or sustainable development, but more specific to infrastructure. Those are, how many are those <laughs> at the top of my head? Eight. Well, you got eight. That's great. Okay. Well, thank you for for being our guest for this week, Hajar. It was an honor to have you. Honestly, the the, the way you answered, the way you think, uh, how you live your life is just amazing and very inspiring. And it inspired me, and I'm sure it inspired Khulud, and I hope it does inspire the Saudi community and the Saudi youth. Thank you for being with us. The today. pleasure Hajar. is all all mine. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Hajar. Thank you.